Hello, my friends. I'm Tara McCausland, and welcome to this Still Rowing Short. Let me just start off by saying that the past month has been kind of rough for me. I'm not going to lie. Rowing these days has felt harder than normal. I'm trying to recover from a nasty cold that has just lingered. You might be able to still hear it in my voice, but it's making me want to just sleep (laughs) any free moment I get. Um, I'm well into my second semester of grad school, and let me tell you, accounting has not been my favorite class ever. I'm really having to dig deep to keep up with my assignments in that class. All the while, I am working part-time from home and taking care of my busy family. So believe me, there have been days when I feel like calling it quits on just about everything and just lounging around and watching (laughs) K-dramas. But then I think of my family. I think of why I went back to school. And I think of you and why I started this podcast. And I keep going. So please know that even though I don't know you, and whether you're listening in from Danbury, Wisconsin, or Salt Lake City, Utah, Calgary, Canada, or Santos, Brazil, my desire to help you keep rowing trumps sometimes the overwhelming desire to take the easy way out and just take a long hiatus from all of my responsibilities. (laughs) So if you're feeling equally exhausted, I feel you. But don't quit. You can do this one day at a time, my friend. Now, to shift subjects, we are just coming off of Valentine's Day, and at my house, that means my kids are going to be consuming high volumes of sugar over the next week and detoxing over the next week (laughs) because of all the junk they got from school. And yes, my husband and I went out last weekend and we did a little celebrating and enjoyed some needed alone time. But for many, Valentine's Day is a painful day that brings attention to the fact that their marital status or their current relationship with their spouse is not what they would hope it to be. Many adults in the church are single or divorced. And in fact, we learned, I believe it was in just this last year, um, that single adults outnumber married adults in the church. And those of us who are married know, yes, the blessings, but also the unique challenges associated with the marital relationship. We live in a culture saturated with Disney fairy tales, Hallmark movies, and one rom-com after another. Now, I confess I'm a sucker for a good chick flick, but I also know the harms perpetuated by a culture that teaches unrealistic expectations about what real enduring love requires and what a healthy marriage looks like. In a recent article written by Jacob Hess, who's a Latter-day Saint author and PhD, he stated that Love and marriage have become so overloaded with unrealistic expectations that developing and maintaining an enduring uh, marital relationship is becoming harder and harder. And here's a quote from that article. I will post this article in the show notes, by the way. And note also that uh, Brother Hess quotes several other people in this snippet I'm going to share. So, quote, For many, then, falling deeply in love came to be anticipated as the central, transcendent experience of life, 
an all-powerful solution to the problem of finding meaning, security, and happiness in life. This was the kind of uplift and self-fulfillment that the previous generation had sought in religious revivals. Yet, this was what we had always longed for, namely a vision of ultimate meaning and unity, suddenly revealed to us in the form of another human being. He goes on, the right person is thus expected to meet virtually impossible expectations with a wife, husband, or intimate partner supposed to be gorgeous, a best friend, a superb financial contributor, sexy, and a marvelous parent, and the relationship a fulfillment of all our core needs, end quote. Now, you may wonder why I'm bringing this up, what this has to do with still rowing. Well, I fear that for many of us, we have fallen into a kind of idol worship of romantic relationships. And instead of having God at our center and be the focus of our lives, we are searching for that fulfillment of all of our core needs in a human being. And the hard truth is, is if we do this, we will always, always be disappointed because no one No person can fill the void within our souls that craves that deep and abiding divine love. You will sometimes hear this search for divine love uh, being termed a God hunger, where we're trying to assuage that, again, that hunger with some person or something. But without a connection with God, we will always feel that void. When we can accept that it is only in God's love that our souls can be truly filled and we actively seek that love, it changes everything. Sister Susan Porter stated it this way in her October 2021 conference talk titled, God's Love, the Most Joyous to the Soul. This is what she said. Brothers and sisters, do you know how completely God, our Heavenly Father, loves you? Have you felt his love deep in your soul? When you know and understand how completely you are loved as a child of God, it changes everything. It changes the way you feel about yourself when you make mistakes. It changes how you feel when difficult things happen. It changes your view of God's commandments. It changes your view of others and of your capacity to make a difference. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland taught, The first great commandment of all eternity is to love God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. That's the first great commandment. But the first great truth of all eternity is that God loves us with all his heart, might, mind, and strength. End of quote. If our Heavenly Father wrote us as his children a love letter, what might it say? Well, I thought about it for a minute and then, you know, I googled it. (laughs) And it appears I wasn't the first to think of this idea. So I want to read to you an adapted version of a letter I found online that I believe God might write to you and me to remind us of his great love for us. Now, if you're interested in seeing that original letter with all the biblical references, you can go to the show notes. My beloved child, you may not know me well, but I know everything about you. I'm familiar with all of your ways. Every hair on your head is numbered. You were made in my image, my offspring, a child of the most high God and heir to the throne. I knew you and loved you before you were born. Take caution, though, as I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I'm not some distant and angry father. Rather, I am near you always, 
with you wherever you go. Every good gift comes from my hand. I am your provider, and I will meet your every need through faith. My plan for your future is filled with purpose and everlasting hope, love, peace, and joy. I desire to show you great and marvelous things. My child, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. I am able to do far more than you could possibly imagine. I am your greatest encourager, the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, there I am, close to you. Just as a shepherd carries his lamb, so have I carried you. Do not worry, for one day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Every pain you've suffered, I will compensate you for all that's been lost. I am your father, and I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. Understand it is in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is, in fact, the exact representation of my love and my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you and not against you. He died so that you and I could once again be reconciled, the ultimate expression of my love for you. So, child, come to me. Return to me daily. I have always been your loving father, and I always will be. My question to you is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Every morning, I wait anew. Forever love, Heavenly Father. Now, I loved that. That might feel a little cheesy, but (laughs) I do believe that if God were here, he would say many of those things to us. If at this time or any time you are feeling low and you are having a hard time feeling God's love, I want you to consider if and when you have ever felt God's love for you and how you can better seek that connection in your life. As you think about that, perhaps you recognize that you feel God's love in nature. If so, I hope you'll take a walk today. Perhaps you feel God's love through music. If so, take some time to listen to some inspired music. Perhaps you feel God's love in prayer. If so, I hope you'll slow down and sit with him today in meditative prayer. Now, I want to assure you, he wants you to feel his deep love for you and to feel that ache in your soul, which longs for that divine warmth. I want to close with this final quote from Sister Porter. She said, God's love is not found in the circumstances of our lives, but in his presence in our lives. We know of his love when we receive strength beyond our own and when his spirit brings peace, comfort, and direction. At times, it may be difficult to feel his love. We can pray to have our eyes opened to see his hand in our lives and to see his love in the beauty of his creations. Close quote. My friends, I want to share my own witness that I know God loves you more than you or I can comprehend. That great love is evidenced by the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I might have every opportunity to repent and to progress and ultimately to return to live with our heavenly parents and our families again. Let us seek him and be filled by his love, which it says in 1 Nephi is the most desirable above all things. Thanks for being with me today, friends.